Take two. All right. Take two. Take two. Take two. <laughs> because take one we'll never speak about again. <laughs> hey guys, hey it's guys. been a while. Um, we kind of, this week, we're thinking about talking about kind of creating meaning in our work. So it's something that we kind of get questions about time and time again is, how do I make my work mean something? How do I get motivated? How do I enjoy it? How do I know what kind of work I'm supposed to do? How do I find what I enjoy? And they're all very, very broad questions that tend to kind of be focused around this hunt for meaning, as it were. Um, and it's quite a broad, vague, difficult, unique subject. Yeah. But I think it's something that um, if you start to have a grasp over what things are important to you, uh, what your values are, what is meaningful to you, it kind of draws all those loose threads together and makes everything a bit more uh, yeah. manageable, I yeah. think. Um, so it's something worth addressing, even if you kind of feel like you're pretty steady. It's something that's good to know. It's good to work on. It's also something that I think you shouldn't feel bad about feeling. Uh, no. Because a lot of people, they think they like art, and they like art. But then they have all these doubts. They, they're like, this is meaningless, this is pointless, I'm not enjoying this, I don't like it, what's the point in my life? Uh, all these things about making art or making something, and they love it, but they feel all these things. And so it's this conflicting feeling that always goes on. And of course you feel alone in it because no one else talks about it. Because no. <laughs> everyone's like, well, clearly all these great creators Yay, have <laughs> so much purpose and are you know never doubt themselves. Um, so it feels really lonely and like you're the only one suffering with this problem that you love something, but you don't really like doing it a lot of the time. And it feels <laughs> I love pointless. it, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And, and we just kind of want to talk about how that's a natural part of the process that yeah. all of us feel that way. Uh, it's just like what we've talked about with uh, getting motivated, that it's fine to not want to do something that yeah. you want to do and have to trick yourself into doing it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that it's okay to feel like you don't like something and you just still like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the same way that parents can sometimes wish that they could strangle their children, right. but they still love them. Yes. <laughs> they just wish the child would be quiet. <laughs> um, it's the same kind of thing. Like um, I've got, it's really close to my heart because, um, because when you and I met, uh, I was working kind of a, a dead end job in London. It was soul destroying and I would spend my days kind of complaining that, you know, it would all be different if I could be an artist. Um, I would be happy if I could be an artist. I'd be fulfilled if I could be an artist. People would respect me if I could be an artist. Um, and you gave me the means to do that. Mm -hmm. You removed all of the misery from my life and you gave me every opportunity to do my art. Mm -hmm. And I found I was just exactly the same person with exactly the same amount of misery and frustration in life as I was before. Yeah. Um, and I felt like a massive failure because you'd gave, given me everything, all of my excuses for not doing it and for struggling with it. Um, you helped me get rid of those. Uh, and I found myself just as like stuck as before. I suddenly, you know, I had a uh, like nine hour day job mm -hmm. um, and I said that I would do more art if I didn't have a day job. I right. would do kind of like a couple of hours in the evening. I stopped having a day job and I find myself doing a couple of hours in the afternoon. Yeah. I didn't suddenly do nine hours of art. Right. <laughs> um, and I really, it's only now that I'm really, really starting to accept why that is. Mm. Um, it's taken me two years to figure out um, 
what actually makes me happy. Mm. It's taken me the last year to understand why I struggle with motivation for this thing that's supposedly my dream, supposedly my one true passion in life. Why can't I get myself out of bed to do it? Um, and understanding um, the things that are important to you, your kind of core values, it's a mm. huge, huge part of that. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about... Um, how, when did you kind of figure out what was important to you? Is this something that was ever like a light bulb moment or is it something that you've kind of slowly um, developed or? There's definitely been probably several light bulb moments, but it was definitely a slow process. Um, I definitely spent plenty of time beating myself up for not liking it enough. You know, mm. this, is, this is my passion in life. Why am I not enjoying it? Um, why do I not feel good about it? Uh, so there was there was definitely a lot of self-flagellation. Mm. Uh, so that that took some time to get over, but it was slowly coming to terms with what it is about art that makes me happy, um, and focusing on those things and prioritizing those things. Mm. Um, so I've talked about it before in previous episodes, but for me, I need to be able to do my own thing. Uh, I need freedom in life and in art. I need the freedom to be able to do my own thing. And I've often gotten into the trap of prioritizing work, prioritizing making money, doing freelance gigs for other people, and that has taken away a lot of freedom. And there's some times where that balance has been tipped so far that I'm just completely miserable, and I absolutely hate art. No. Uh, if I spend all day every day doing commissioned work and I burn myself out so I have no energy left to do my own stuff, I get really miserable because, like, my highest value is freedom. So because of that, if I take away my highest value, guess what? Even though I'm making art, believe it or not, making art is not the highest value. Making art is just the way I'm getting to these values. Uh, and I think that's really important is that, you know, I was making art, but I was fulfilling the wrong values. Mm. I was fulfilling the things of having, you know, big names on your client list or making money. Uh, and those are not my values. Those are those are certainly exist, but they're pretty far down on the spectrum for me where it's like, yeah, that's cool. I like adding a new name to my client list. That's fun. But like the amount of enjoyment I get with that compared to spending a week where every day I'm getting to do my own thing, it's, it's two totally different things for me. And there's no good or bad values. It's just whatever happens to make you feel fulfilled. Exactly. Uh, and actually what you said about highest value is something mm -hmm. that I was just about to talk about too so that's mm -hmm. I think is very important is that um we all have things that kind of um get us interested in things excite us and whatnot um but they're not necessarily your kind of core values and that's a big mistake I made for a very long time mm -hmm. um for kind of my whole life um I've been guided down a, <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> oh yeah there's a fire in case you hear the popping I happen to put some poplar in the fireplace uh <laughs> So if you see us both going right before it's probably yeah, okay. we started, so yeah, in case you hear explosions or weird popping, it's not the microphone; it's it's literally it's a fire. fire. So, um, anyways, so yeah, I was guided down a path of success for my whole life. So um, I've kind of my background is from like a fairly um, fairly poor background. I kind of was I grew up in like the lower income brackets of uh, the UK. I was brought up on welfare and things like that. Um, and everyone really wanted the best for me. Mm. And I've been helped by so many people, but uh, basically everyone wanted me to reverse the situation I'd come from and come, like 
go from poverty and needing help into being a self-sufficient, intelligent, mm-hmm. high-earning woman who doesn't need help, right. which is great. And I'm so grateful for all the support I've had. Um, but it kind of encouraged me to believe that the most important thing was money, um, mm-hmm. impressing people, mm-hmm. um, and kind of power, I suppose, in a way. I'm trying to think of what the best way to translate it was. But basically, I just wanted a really high-powered job. I wanted everyone to respect me, mm-hmm. and I wanted to pay, be paid lots of money for it. Right. Um, and that was kind of how I measured my self-worth. Even when you turned up, um, and I had my job, and I was earning a good amount of money, and I was like in a sort of middle position where I was managing some people. Um, and I was very proud of that. Mm-hmm. And even though it doesn't really <laughs> now mean much to me, back then it was really important. And um, mm-hmm. it's not that those values weren't right for me. It's that I wasn't understanding what my the values given those values were. There's like a mm-hmm. hierarchy of like, normally there's a couple of things that right. all the things removed will kind of lead to. Right. Um, and for me, I think that what actually that was in, indicating towards was not I wanted prestige and money and power and to impress people. Mm-hmm. It was probably actually that I wanted to be stable. Um, mm. I think that is probably far more a core value of mine than being successful. Right. Um, I didn't want to have to worry about money. I didn't mm-hmm. want to have to um, have people attack me. Mm-hmm. I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted everyone to give me mm-hmm. enough money to survive. Um, and I didn't want people to give me problems. So mm. I wanted all these things to kind of come into place to give me a firm foundation that people couldn't make my life miserable because I've got this kind of set of things, this barrier I put myself like behind. Right. Um, and so when I left England, um, I gave up my job, um, and I pursued what I really wanted to do, art, uh, and I found myself feeling terrible about myself, mm. because suddenly I didn't have all of those things I put in place that kind of fulfilled my core structures, or at least what I believed to be my core structures. Mm-hmm. I'd spent so long living by those values that even though I had everything I wanted, I was still kind of capable of misery, which really surprised mm-hmm. me. Um, I felt very ungrateful. I felt um, there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I've kind of gone through phases of wondering if I'm depressed and things like that. And the truth is, um, it's mostly just that these core values of mine weren't being met and I didn't really understand my motivation for doing things. Um, And it's taken me a very long time, but I'm starting to realize that these, these constructs I made for myself are only kind of hinting at the bigger picture that makes, like makes me happy. Mm -hmm. There's this kind of, way into it mm-hmm. but actually I should be focusing more on the, the core which right. for me is probably stability is a really big one for me yeah. I like to not be afraid I like to be able to make ends meet yeah. um, I like my freedom and things mm-hmm. like that so that's probably like that there is a very core value of mine mm-hmm. the success the impressing people that mm-hmm. all just comes as like a means to an end mm-hmm. um, but it's very important that you kind of identify what things are kind of means to an end and what is the core value it's kind of mm. like a like a chain there will be things that you're doing to push this along right uh but it'll kind of reach a point where it's just like that is kind of like the that's the governing mm. value that's the one that's controlling all this chain of things i'm doing right um and identifying that is kind of really important oh yeah absolutely because the way those values are expressed isn't always clear what the underlying value is Um, For instance, I like making art. Sure, art is fun. Painting is a blast. I've been doing it all day today, and it's it's super fun. But making art is actually not my core drive. 
uh, it's making stuff. It, it could literally be anything, and I would be just as happy. <laughs> uh, I could have been a sculptor, and I would have been just as happy as I am today. I could have been a computer programmer, just as happy. Uh, so it really doesn't make a difference to me what I'm making. Um, so that means that it allows me to change what I'm doing day to day, and yet I'm still feeling happy and fulfilled. Um, so for you, you know, it might be something else. Um, you know, a big one that I see a lot of times is that, um, and this is something that you've actually mentioned for yourself, is that you like working with people. Um, you're an, you're a definite people person. Now, this is one I can't relate to at all. Like, I love, no, I hate people. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's, that's a separate issue. Um, but, you know, I'm happy just like being alone all day, every day. Yep locked up in a studio and I don't need to talk to anyone and I'm super happy about that. You know, I can get my kicks from just like going online occasionally and sending an email <laughs> and that's all the social interaction I actually need. Yeah. Um, but you and a lot of people need that social environment, that yeah. environment of either working with other people or even just other people being around. Uh, sometimes there's just the energy of other human beings working that's enough. Yep. Uh, even if you're not working on the same projects. Uh, that said, other people really want to work collaboratively. Uh, they want to work with other people uh, on something. And so this can get people into trouble because they can see people like me that wants to do my own thing all the time, doesn't want to work with clients most of the time, yet that's not their core drive. Their core drive is working with other people, you know, doing collaborative projects, um, helping other people out in that way. And so if they try to do me and they try to imitate what I'm doing, they're going to make themselves miserable. Uh, and it's not that they're failing. It's not on, it's not any bad thing about them. It's just that different things drive different people. Yeah. Um, and it's really important to find out what it is for you. And once you know what it is for you, you can then find ways to excel at that. So right. rather, so one of the things, this is like a classic, what you're describing there is, um, something I've been through myself and mm -hmm. it's what a lot of people do and I've always watched your kind of nomad lifestyle and your self-employed stuff and like I've always watched it with admiration and wanted to do the same thing um, and I am doing that to an extent but I'm starting to realize that trying to do it exactly the way you do it is not going to make me happy mm -hmm. um, and trouble is we tend to glorify what other people are doing and I struggle a lot I'm like the reason I can't do exactly what you're doing is because I'm failing mm -hmm. and if I just applied myself if I just worked right. harder I'd be able to do it why am I so miserable um, we tend to get in this negative spiral of just like blaming ourselves for not being able to do the thing that someone else seems to do so easily um, the truth is we should kind of find why that's an issue it shouldn't mm -hmm. be like pulling teeth if it's like pulling teeth it's probably something wrong right. um, so find the thing that makes you happy and excel at it because there will always be like humans are so varied and there's always someone who really loves something and there's the most niche things in the world there'll be someone who loves it mm. um and like competing with someone you said this to me recently competing with the people who absolutely love doing something when you don't absolutely love doing it yeah. you're never gonna rest yeah. <laughs> you will always be up against these people who would gladly spring out of bed in the middle of the night and carry on and you just you know it's a struggle to get going every day mm -hmm. and that is okay yeah. <laughs> it is completely okay um the people thing is a big issue for me mm -hmm. um and it was something that made me sad for a long time is that um I was looking for my approval online. Right. Um, I am a social person and I need to feel like people are invested in my journey. Uh, I like to feel camaraderie. I like to feel like someone else cares about what I'm doing. I like to feel like 
Um, I'm not just working for myself, but I'm working for a group and a collective bunch of people. Mm. Um, that's obviously kind of difficult when you're doing your own artwork. Um, it, there are ways, there are ways of doing it, but at least when you first get started, it can feel like a very lonely pursuit. And I lost myself trying to impress people online, um, trying to be something I wasn't, beating myself up because these people that I really want to be like online won't accept me. Um, and it's all a load of crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is so specious and like, it just doesn't, that's not the way. If it feels like pulling teeth, it's not the right way. Mm. Um, and I kind of, I found a lot about myself out from the Myers-Briggs test. Mm -hmm. um, that was interesting to me because um, it took all of my personality traits and presented them to me in a way that made sense. Rather than feeling like character flaws, it was just character quirks. Um, it's things that make me different. And mm. one of those things, for example, was um, that I'm extroverted. And for a, probably about a decade now, I've been very ashamed of the fact I'm extroverted because it's kind of the new trendy thing is to be introverted to be like I don't need other people I'm self-reliant I'm happy reading a book um and I feel ashamed about the fact that I need people I, <laughs> I need validation from people I need right. to like and like there's a lot of talk about how like extroverts drain people and like it just sounds like it's become such a thing that I'm ashamed of and yeah. um I really wanted to be more introverted um but when I did the Myers-Briggs it kind of showed me that being extroverted is just a trait it's not like a bad trait um, and there's plenty of ways that being an extrovert is a great thing um, in fact my my personality kind of profile indicated that I'm I'm a great kind of teacher a mm. great leader that I'm an idealist and basically these traits all kind of lend themselves to someone who wants to be helping people and I was like yeah that's what I want to do um, and suddenly rather than like trying to fit into the mold of like you know I see people writing articles which I still love by the way but like they're kind of social media people I've been looking up to who who hide behind their social media profiles, mm. do amazing artwork, but don't really share about themselves, and, right. which is what I was trying to do. Mm. Suddenly, I'm like, well, that I'm never going to do that as well as they are. Mm -hmm. I need to be putting myself out there more. I need to be teaching people. I need to be honest with people. Um, I want to encourage people by being authentic and like being honest about the things I'm going through. Um, and suddenly I found something I can do really well just by being me. It wasn't mm. something that I had to particularly practice. Yeah. I just came to understand more about my personality. Um, and since then, it's been a continual kind of road of assessing the things. So um, art has been a huge turning point for me lately. Mm -hmm. um, since we met, digital art has been like a misery to me. Um, and you've told me so many times, you were just like, you're clearly not enjoying it. And that felt like I was failing again. I'm like, I'm not supposed to not enjoy this thing I love. Um, and I felt like a failure, like I wasn't doing it right. And, you know, if I could just work harder. Um, and then recently, slowly, gradually, um, having the confidence to kind of step by step say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. This makes me miserable. And I found myself completely like U-turning around from the direction I was heading in. I was doing lots of digital work and kind of aiming for um, like gaming clients like Magic the Gathering. Mm. Um, I realized that I'm just so much happier when I'm doing my thing, which is at the moment colored pencil drawings. Mm -hmm. um, I'm st I've stopped beating myself up for the subject matter, for the medium, for the yeah. process, for the time it takes. Um, 
and I am creating more artwork than I have ever done. Yeah. I can't get myself to stop. Yeah. And there is nothing there that changed except my own understanding of what's important to me. Mm. I didn't get miraculously better overnight. And yeah. like, like nothing changed except my understanding of it. And yeah. I feel like a whole new person. Uh, I was tracking my moods before the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my moods were kind of fairly cyclical, fairly obvious. I'd have like a high point and a low point and then a high point and then a low point. Sure. Um, but since the new year where I've really been consciously making sure I'm meeting my values, I've had one day which was neutral and the rest have been good days. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's like a whole new person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was a very, very long, like Rachel's life story tangent, yeah, but uh, it's kind of like, I want to be able to encourage people that, um, they're probably not alone when they're feeling like, you know, I can't can't get myself motivated I don't enjoy my work I wish I could do that as well as so and so and so I wish I was as popular as so and so if I could just work harder all those things like firstly you're not alone I think probably everyone feels that to an extent in different ways in different outlets but we all feel like we want to be other people and we want to do things like other people and like um, we envy traits in one another and like that's just the way it is the best thing rather than fighting your nature is to to understand your nature better and figure it out. It's easier to climb your own ladder than battle your way up someone else's. You'll always be behind them. Yeah. Um, so just find your own ladder kind of thing. Yeah, um, pretty much. It sounds like saying that, I know it probably can be infuriating because people are probably like, how do I find my own ladder? Um, it's not something that happens overnight. Um, it just takes a lot of kind of active figuring things out. Um, uh, it took me... Um, it's something I actually took upon myself about a year ago when we were, uh, when we were over in Asia. Um, I, I sat down with the, uh, you know, the book I was reading, uh, Awaken the Giant Within. Mm. Uh, it's a very long book and I don't necessarily recommend reading it just cause it's really long. <laughs> uh, for what the point of the book is, it's super long. Uh, if you can go through the, like the workshop section of it, it's great. Uh, that pretty much sums up all the point that he's making. Uh, he's, He's way too wordy for what he's doing. Anyways, um, it's by Tony Robbins. Uh, and his whole thing is about like finding your core values and what you're moving towards and what you're moving away from. Uh, so the things that you're terrified of and you don't want and then the things that you really, really want. Um, so I actually took a day and following his sort of worksheet things, um, you know, went through all of the different things. And then once you list all the things that matter to you in life, and they don't have to be what everyone else cares about in life like I don't care about working with a team it's not on my list Uh, (laughs) but you know put the ones on there that you really care about and then start to sort them you know think about like would I rather have this or would I rather have this Uh, and they can be like really hard and take a lot of soul searching to figure out like do I value you know love more than freedom that's a really tough (laughs) one and you get super existential so it's, it's a blast um, you know, how, how are you ranking these things? And there's, there's no judgment. You don't have to share it with anyone, but it is a fascinating thing to even just think about of what really matters to you, what gives you purpose in life. Mm. Um, and so I'd, I'd really recommend people try that out. And, um, one thing that you mentioned that I think we need to address, uh, is, is you talked about how one of the things that you really need is for people to be involved in your story and people to appreciate what you're doing and looking at it and talking to you about it and all that. And that's great, and I can definitely relate to that, obviously. Um, that's been one of my you know, big drivers for a while. 
but it's also important to recognize that that one is not under your control. Um, that is a very external factor. That's not an internal factor. You know, if your internal drive is, you know, learning a new thing every day, you have complete control over that. You can take that action every single day. Now, if your core drive is getting people to like you, <laughs> that's really hard because you can't actually control what other people are doing. Mm. And if you start to stake your own happiness or feelings of success on what other people are doing, it's just a recipe for you know, disappointment. It is. Uh, and it, it's, it's a tough thing because I, I can definitely relate. Like a lot of my drive is you know, getting compliments from people. As vain as that sounds, it's a we really human. important human thing. Yeah. We all, you know, we start out doing art to impress our parents, pretty much. Uh, we all want to do a cool drawing so that we can run up to our parents and say, hey, look at this, isn't this cool? <laughs> it's basically the same thing. It just keeps going. Um, so we all sort of have this drive. And, um, but I think recognizing that you can't stake your whole happiness on the reactions of other people. Um, you know, we've listened to some stuff about stoicism recently, mm -hmm. and that's one of those things where you split things up between what you can control and what you can't control and how people react to your work is something you definitely cannot control. Uh, creating yeah. good work, creating something that you like, creating something that you're proud of, that is something that is under your control. Mm -hmm. It's not completely under con your control because sometimes you're going to do a dud it's going to be terrible and you're going to have an awful day because yeah. you put all of your happiness into, you know, this turning out well and then it just complete train wreck. <laughs> but, you know, you, you do have more control over that yeah. at least. Uh, whereas, again, the reaction, you just, you just can't control. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's certainly something to think about and make sure that you're not, you know, setting yourself up for daily unhappiness. Yeah. Something that I have found really helps for me is... Um, you can kind of satisfy those social needs without needing other people. Mm. Um, I have made peace with myself a lot in terms of um, accepting I can't control other people. Mm -hmm. uh, of course I want to. Of course I want every single person. Who doesn't, like, even the least social people still would like rather be liked than disliked. Sure. Um, so, of course, I still want to be liked by everyone possible. Um, but rather than letting that be my core drive, um, I shift it away from other people onto something I can control. So I'm like, okay, well, what makes, what would I want people to like about me? Mm. Uh, I want people to like my work. Okay, I will try and do the best work I can. Mm. Um, I want people to like the content I put out there. Okay, well, what kind of content is that? Um, I want people to feel that they can approach me and that they can trust me and that they can ask for advice and I will give them my time and help them. Um, those are things that I can control. Um, so rather than being like, I want people to like me, I say I want to be someone who is likable. Mm -hmm. um, and I will cultivate my energy into that and make it an endeavour, an active thing, rather than a wishing that people would come and like me. I will put myself out there as someone that I think is likable. And if people don't agree, then okay, that's fine. Clearly, I don't want to be wasting my energy on that person anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and if they do like me, then they bring like the social kind mm -hmm. of things I need. Um, but basically just switching it to the things that you can control. Mm. Um, I also find that as someone who thrives a lot on other people commenting on my work and being interested in it, I get a similar kind of like 
stimulation from doing that to other people. Mm. Um, if I find myself feeling a bit kind of like I'm not connecting with people, that people aren't connecting with my my work, I will try to connect with their work, other people's yeah. work. Um, and that kind of is nice because it's a connection. You know, right. it's, even though it's not coming towards you, right. there's still, you know, there's still being met in the middle there. Yeah. Um, and that is something I can control. I can control the social yeah. connection I'm making with other people. Even exactly. if they're not bringing it to me, I can take it to other people. Yeah. Um, so there are ways, even with the extrinsic values, yeah. um, extrinsic values are not bad things, but they just need to be managed more carefully. Yeah. Um, intrinsic values you have much more control over. Mm. Extrinsic, you just need to reframe how you're controlling them. Yeah. Um, and that's the mistake I made for a long time was dismissing extrinsic values as like you shouldn't place your values in other people. And that's true, like to an extent. But um, if something makes you happy, it makes you happy. You can't change sure. that. Um, actually, something is a little bit of a tangent there. But um, mm. I was looking into kind of CBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy as like a, a way to kind of reframe negative emotions and deal with this demotivated kind of state I was in and stuff. That's a lot of what uh, that Tony Robbins talks oh, about. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Um, CBT is really interesting, um, but I did it unguided. I was just reading textbooks and stuff, and I actually found I made myself in some ways sadder <laughs> because um, I made the mistake of dismissing my negative emotions as invalid. Mm. Um, they are not true. It's just what my brain is conjuring up right. um, to, you know, I, I have complete control over what I feel, mm. which was great in the first few days. But then I realized that I was, by dismissing my negative emotions, I was kind of invalidating my positive <laughs> ones. Cause I'm like, well, if, if sadness is a construct of my mind, then what's happiness <laughs> like? Oh, um, so then I just got really like, yeah. like nothing felt real. And that's yeah. just awful. Um, so it's not a case of dismissing things that you can't control and dismissing negative things like they're valid, but you just have to kind of frame the things that you can control. Mm. So now instead of dismissing my negative emotions, I will honor them. I will mm. let myself have a mope that you can testify yep. to. I'll let myself have a cry and I won't beat myself up for it. And then I'll kind of sit down and go, okay, so why was that upsetting? And why did this happen? Mm. What can I do to control it? Rather than being like, I shouldn't be sad. I mustn't be sad. Mm -hmm. That's all a figment of my imagination. It's yeah. just like, let it happen. Uh, life's more interesting with emotion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that made a big difference to me as well, was just kind of um, accepting that, I guess, as someone who's very extroverted and someone who's very emotional and stuff, there's a lot of stigma surrounding those things, that they're things that we should be able to control if we were masters of our own emotions and our own incentives and things like that. Um, then we would not feel those things. Right. Um, I don't think it's as simple as dismissing them. I think mm -hmm. it's a case of honoring them and understanding them, um, shifting the control back to where you can control it rather than mm -hmm. just being like, don't be interested in social things, it's extrinsic. Right. Just find a way that you can make it intrinsic. Yeah. Uh, find the way that you can control it and then the rest yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And it kind of goes back to one of the things you said where uh, as far as social attention online that you actually give it out mm. if, if even if you're not necessarily getting it and I think that's really important because say say one of your core drives in life is love you want you just want to be loved and mm -hmm. that's pretty normal I think that would probably be most people I would hope uh, maybe there's a <laughs> few people that it's not but they're special um, so most of us want that um, but for instance say you're not getting enough of it in your life 
you know, what's the way to get more of it in your life? Is it to complain that you're not getting it enough? Is it to ask people to love you more? Is it to berate is, the people that do love you yeah, as not exactly. being enough? <laughs> you're not doing a good enough job at this. Love me more. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's a really terrible way. It's a great way to push people away. Yeah. Um, and it does and come very naturally. It's not, it does. It's, it's an easy thing to do. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the reaction. Um, but if you, if you take a step back, think about it, and force yourself even, um, you know, turn this into a forced habit of actually giving out more love, you know, sending a message to a friend you haven't seen in years, uh, you know, taking the time to really spend time with a friend that's really down, uh, really put out more than you're necessarily receiving. That's a way to get that, you know, eventually turned around back on you exactly. and getting more of that. And furthermore, even just, uh, I find that for most people that need that feeling of feeling loved, they'll get that from loving other people exactly. uh, and caring about other people and helping other people. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, the, you know, the best way to find positive friends, for instance, for instance, if your life is really down right now and you just need some positivity around, if you start putting out the positivity first, you're going to attract more people like that. They're going to, you know, true. they're going to see something that's really positive and they want to latch on to that. Um, whereas if you're just putting out more and more negativity, the positive people are going to be like, whoa, I mean, I might say like, sorry, you feel so bad, but like, yeah, just you know, kind of proceed. yeah, you're going to, you're going to push away those things and yeah. rather just attract more negativity. You're going to have, find other people that, you know, want to complain about things and, you know, yeah, it it's going to kind of spiral down. So I think a lot of it is almost, I mean, in the beginning, maybe forcing yourself to do or feel things that you might not necessarily feel. Mm. Um, a, the book that, you know, probably one of my favorite books I read last year, probably the favorite book that I read last year was Man's Search for Meaning. Um, and I think I've talked about it on here before, maybe once or twice, but it is just phenomenally good. And, you know, written by a Holocaust survivor. I think he survived like three concentration camps, not just oh. one, like oh. <laughs> three. Uh, so, you know, going through these ridiculous things and just horrific things, the worst possible situation you can imagine. And he broke down you know, the way you can find meaning, even when everything in life is stripped away from you, you literally have nothing and you're in the most terrible, miserable, powerless position imaginable. Uh, the thing you still have is how you react to things. You still have that power, no matter what. You can have everything else taken away from you, but those reactions and those decisions you make are still yours. You can you can still decide those things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really encouraging message, um, you know, because the struggles in life are very real to us. They're obviously, it's kind of hard to compare them to Holocaust survivors, but, <laughs> you know, they're very real. You know, yeah. all pain and happiness is all relative. So just because we're not in a concentration camp doesn't mean, like, your suffering about art is any less. It's actually very, very real. Yeah. Uh, you're feeling it just as much as any other person suffering. Um, you know, comparing stuff like that is irrelevant. Mm. Um, but I think it's encouraging to know that you do have that power to change things and you do have that power to make different decisions and yeah. react to things differently. Yeah. I agree. And um, you do have that control. Like you can, that's a big thing for me that putting out there what you want to have. Mm. Um, it's like being that when you're feeling low and you get a text message from a friend mm. um, and that 
sudden outpouring of love you have for that person, yeah. like, thank you for messaging me. Yeah. Um, that is being loved. Even if you feel like you're having a bad day and you're not receiving the messages that you want, mm -hmm. if you are being thoughtful of people around you and doing that and supporting others in whatever way you can, then they are loving you back for that. It mm -hmm. might not be the the passive trickling love that you want, but it's love. Yeah. Um, and it makes such a difference. Um, we do have control over how we, we kind of react, like I say, how we react to things, um, the things that make us happy and sad. Um, we do have not complete control. We can't just be happy robots the whole time. Well, yeah. But we have control to an extent. Yes. Um, and that's actually another important thing, um, is accepting that just because you're not motivated in the day or just because something has upset you the once doesn't mean you're failing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no it's one works all the time and has everything figured out all no. the time. Um, it is completely normal and okay to relapse, to have lazy days, to have days where something really upset you and it shouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, and understanding that and making peace with that and understanding that everyone does it and it might not look like it. You might see people who are just like online every day just like posting all the fun things they're doing. Yeah. Um, but you don't see the downtime. You don't well, see yeah. what they're doing. You don't see how exhausted they are. You yeah. don't see that they are still struggling to make ends meet. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep in mind that everything you see is a filtered tiny <laughs> little snippet of everyone's life. Yeah. And even just referring back to the putting out positivity, I tend to put out positive stuff online just because I want more positive stuff coming back in. Yeah. Uh, so if I feel terrible about my painting, I'm probably not going to go online and whinge about it. Yeah. Just because I don't really want to get into that habit and want to put out all that negative yeah. energy. Because if someone out there is feeling great about their art that day and they read, wow, Noah's having a terrible day, it's just going to kind of be like a downer of like, yeah. oh, okay. You well, almost feel bad about being happy yeah, if you see like someone I'm else is suffering. Yeah, like I'm going to go do my thing, but that yeah. really sucks that he doesn't feel good. <laughs> so like, yeah, just realize that whatever you're seeing is is not reality. Yeah. It's a, a small portion of reality. Don't, don't compare yourself to that. Don't beat yourself up if you're not measuring up to that because yeah. it's... It's completely unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, the people that, you know, are supposedly making stuff for 12 hours a day, every day, and loving every second of it, and are, you know, have a six-pack, too, and are in <laughs> Thailand uh, yeah. on a beach. Being sponsored, you know, by the way. Yeah, doing doing all these things. <laughs> like, oh, wow, their life is perfect. They're, they must be really happy. Uh, no, probably not, and that's probably not reality. Yeah, um, yep. there's, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. Yeah, so even if people don't, talk about it it's probably still going on yeah and so. like some people are better at framing that than others yeah um and so it's yeah it's just one of the things that really helped me the most was understanding that i wasn't the only one who was yeah. having a hard time with it yeah. um to move on if you're okay to yeah. move on. um something that's like we're kind of lucky that we can talk about pursuing our values from a place of like relative freedom to do so yes um so if you and i decide to change career path overnight it's okay uh, sure. we have the freedom to uh, there's probably a lot of people who watch who um, are kind of trapped in what they do, so they can't quit their job because they have a family that needs yep. feeding, they've got bills that need paying, rent yep. that needs to be paid. Yep. Um, so how can we kind of control or cater to our values when we have so many obligations and responsibilities if we don't have the freedom? Um, what can we do to... <laughs> um, well, I mean, part of it, I think, is reframing the things we do have to do. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I didn't have to deal with quite the same struggles, but occasionally I did need to just 
earn money, so I needed to do a lot of freelance work. I needed to take on a lot of jobs, and I didn't have time for any personal work. I needed money right then. And because of that, obviously, that makes me unhappy. Um, so how do I frame it in such a way to still be happy, still enjoy making stuff, uh, while meeting all these responsibilities? And for me, that came about as, okay, what do I have control over here? Um, and I had control over, okay, I can actually take this as a little challenge. And that's one of the other things I like is I like challenges and I like learning new things. Mm. And so I would take a new piece and think about, okay, I've never done this before. I'm going to learn how to paint this just for this piece. And it, the piece doesn't need it. I could do it without it. I could do it without, you know, learning how to paint, you know, this specific element yeah. really, really well. But I want to do that. And so that lets me take a job that's, you know, otherwise kind of boring. And I'm like, a, uh, and all of a sudden in reinvigorated a little bit. Or maybe I want to push my style in a slightly different direction. Enough that the art director is going to be okay with it, but enough that I'm going to notice that something, something that I'm doing is a little different. Or maybe try a different technique. And then I start to have a little bit more agency in how I'm making my art. Mm -hmm. And so that, that brings me back to that level of freedom. And while I don't have complete freedom, and that sucks, it gives me a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, sometimes things are just temporary. And recognizing that something is temporary is really powerful. And I have always relished that part, is knowing that something is temporary. Like, I mean, for instance, right now we're like on some weird diet plan right now. Uh, oh. And I'm like trying <laughs> to lose, choose weight and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And cutting some weight. And it's absolutely miserable. And I hate cutting weight. Uh, bulking, bulking is super fun, but like cutting is the worst. Um, but if I frame it in such a way that I know it's temporary, I can suffer for a little while and that's fine. <laughs> uh, as long as I don't have to like cut for the rest of my life, which yeah. I don't because that's not how it works, uh, I'm okay with that. So temporary is really powerful. And seeing that there is probably a light at the end of the tunnel mm. is really, really helpful. It is. But, you know, obviously I, I understand that some people are in a situation where they don't see that. And that's really tough. Uh, if you're in a situation, you have all these responsibilities, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you just feel stuck, unmotivated, uh, and you, like you can't get out of it, that's a really, really hard thing uh, to go through. And I, and I totally recognize that. That's an awful situation to be in. Um, but I would encourage you that you still have the power of how you react to that. Like, yes, your situation sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, the objective reality is that that's not great. But you do have that agency still. You still have control over, all right, how am I going to react to this? How, you know, what am I going to do to change my situation, improve my situation, uh, get out mm -hmm. of it, anything like that? Um, you do still have some degree of power there. Yeah, it's a case of, I mean, I, uh, I appreciate the ways in which I was lucky when I had my day job. It was a, you know, a good job in a prestigious company in London. Mm -hmm. uh, still pretty privileged. Yeah. Um, but that job... Uh, just whittled away at everything about me mm. um, and it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do um, it was for so many reasons I won't even start to get into now awful yeah. um, I was extremely miserable uh, I had my freedom taken away I had my sense of self taken away 
Um, and I went through things that no human being should have to go through. And that was really hard because I identified as being a positive, hardworking woman. Mm. And the truth was I'd go home and weep several yeah. nights of the week. Just like, yeah. I just don't want to be doing this anymore. And I'm like, I went to university to mm. do this. This is not what I thought it was supposed to be. Right. Um, I thought that I was going to be, you know, I worked my ass off. I got a really good degree. Um, I thought that I was going to have everything kind of figured out. And then I realized that I was at the bottom of the pile and no one cared and I was on my own and yeah. I was going to be paying rent to greedy landlords for the rest of my life and yeah. pooped on by my company. Right. Um, so in terms of like my happiness, it wasn't great. Sure. Um, and I was, I definitely failed at controlling my emotions about that a lot. Um, but I think accepting now, like looking back, I wish I could kind of go back and hold Rachel's hands and go like, it's okay. It's temporary yep. it doesn't define you yep. um you are allowed to be upset because yep. this is a bit of a bad job yeah. um but it's accepting the things that you do have control over yeah. um and it's really hard to do especially when you see other people around you with more than you have and sure. you're happier than you are and all that kind of stuff yeah. but in terms of um what's best for you in terms of making yourself as happy as you possibly can is taking control of the things you do have. Yeah. And I did go through phases where I was able to do that. I'd find myself like, okay, well, I'm stuck here. This is yeah. what I've got to deal with. Right. I'm going to do my best to have the best relationships with my colleagues that I can. I'm mm. going to do the best on these jobs that I'm receiving. I'm going to mm -hmm. really try hard to get a promotion. Um, or in the things that were important to me outside of work, I'd be, if I was having a really dud time at work, I would understand that I am doing what is necessary in order to fulfill my values outside of work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to go out and socialize with my friends if I wasn't earning money. Right. Um, so that's kind of like a, it's that chain of values. Although I was satisfying things that were lowered down the chain, they were kind mm -hmm. of trickling up, making right. me kind of ultimately happy. I liked the freedom of being able to, uh, like I went and started salsa dancing when I was in England just because right. I like learning new things. I like meeting new people. Yeah. Um, and that, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't working the job that was paying me the money to do that. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't in London. Like right. it was like a finding the things that you can do outside of work and finding ways to make your work kind of fulfilling to you. Mm. Um, and understanding that like it's this very rarely a perfect situation. Right. It's very easy to kind of, like I did, I was in this terrible job and thinking, well, when I'm an artist, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. It wasn't, I was still me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm trying not to let this rosy idea that other people have everything perfect eat into your own happiness. Um, that's great if they do. Yeah. Great for them. Well done. Um, don't let them take that away from no. you because you still have that kind of, this is what makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and it really is hard, but like we said, it, it doesn't always have to be permanent. There are things that are permanent that you can't escape. Um, and that really sucks when that happens. Um, but accepting that you still, there are other ways to find meaning, um, is like a big, it's like a, it sounds really, it's really hard. I feel like I'm saying this, it sounds really judgy of like, well, you still should just get on with it. That's like not at all what I mean. Um, it's more like in a sense of like trying to encourage people to be happy, to like mm. help where I can. It's like a, um, I mean it from a place of love that mm. you, you can, like it's the best that you can do in right. those situations um and there are some shitty situations sorry i'm swearing again but uh <laughs> sometimes life throws stuff at you that you just yeah. you, no one expected like things like bereavement and sure. like assault and things like that that you just didn't sign up for right. um and that's awful and it sucks um mm. 
and it's okay to be sad about things like that and be frustrated and hurt and miss the things that you did have when you had them. Um, but in terms of moving forward, you only have what you have yeah. and kind of trying to control things you can't control will just lead to more unhappiness. And yeah. um, I mean, this is, we kind of started this topic t talking about work and how to find meaning in your yes. work. Whereas now this now is kind we're of gone, you are now talking about finding happiness in life, finding <laughs> meaning in life. Yeah. Um, but they are related. Yeah. And, um, <coughs> kind of smoother certain aspects of life are going, the smoother mm. other bits go, it's like a chain reaction. Yeah, most of the time people are struggling with enjoying their work. I find that they're also struggling with enjoying life. It's true. And being happy in life. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty rare for somebody to just be happy-go-lucky and everything's great in life and they are somehow mysteriously miserable with their art. Yeah. It happens, but like for the most part, there's a correlation between the two. It's true. Uh, um, and I think that in terms of finding meaning with your work um it doesn't have to be as elusive as it kind of sounds like right. like when you sit down and like if someone just did like pop quiz what's what's the meaning to your work right. it's like i <laughs> yeah. how am i supposed to answer that yeah. but it doesn't have to be quite so divine and like it's it doesn't have to be an elevate elevator pitch either it doesn't mm. have to be something you know off by heart yeah. um but just really understanding what makes you tick and how that is a good thing is really important. Um, like for me, uh, I realized recently on the flip side, I hate making decisions. Mm. Um, and that's something I can work on. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not something that I have to be a slave to. Like mm. I don't have to like, I'm allowed to address that. I'm allowed to ask for help making decisions. I'm allowed to like, I don't know. Um, force myself I'm allowed to use devices like forcing mm -hmm. myself to make a decision mm -hmm. or like anything I can do but just accepting there are those parts of you mm -hmm. and working with it rather than just trying to like blinkers on and just right. soldier on with everything um, so I think finding finding the meaning finding the things that make you happy and unhappy honoring them not forcing yourself into a mold is usually how people end up doing something really different really interesting, really successful, and people are going, how did you do it? And they're like, I was just me. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so like quirky and just like, right. <laughs> like a cereal packet, just be you. Yeah. Um, but it's, it really is just a case of um, just not treating it like it's something like magical. Mm. Um, just trying really to accept the quirks that you have and work with them rather than against them. Yeah. Um, and it's made a world of difference for me, at least I'm certainly happier. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say on the matter. It's a good, good place to end it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, good. it's been fun, guys. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, no promises about when. No, <laughs> we're so inconsistent. We are. Oh, I'm well. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, soon. Yeah, soon. We'll see you guys. Take care.